Let us turn to our God one more time and pray. Lord, we thank you that you are our king, that you rule over us, and you've come to give us eternal life. How great you truly are. You are the awesome God. Father, Lord, we pray as we open up your word, we would desire to hear a word from you, God. Speak, Lord, through this vessel is my prayer that we might hear teaching, exhortation, to help and encourage us to live the life you call us to live. Father, we pray right now that you will use this time that we might see Jesus. In his holy name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As you can join again into our text for this morning, Luke, first chapter, verses 26 to 38. I'm going to read again to highlight from this text bring us our attention down to verses 31 to 33, and then verse 37. Luke, first chapter, looking at verses 31 to 33, then verse 37. If you're not there, say, hold on. All right. Let us begin. Hope we arrive to the same conclusion together. I'll be reading from the New Living uh, Translation. The Word of God reads this way. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but now how can this happen? I am a virgin. Verse 38 says, I'm sorry, verse 37 says, for nothing is impossible with God. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you take your CV, help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell him he came to rule. Uh, tell your other neighbor, tell him he came to rule. As we celebrate Christmas and this Advent season, we, we, di- we decided, I want to decide to help us understand why did he come. Uh, sometimes we allow Christmas to confuse people that they think he came that we, so that we can exchange gifts. Uh, that's what Christmas is all about, so that we can exchange gifts and have all those kinds of parties. You know, those parties you go to and everybody brings their favorite meal, their favorite holiday cake. And then they do that, what you call the white elephant gift. They bring something that's worth nothing in their house and they bring it to give it to you away. And you might be able to trade up and maybe take something else with somebody else that you can at least walk away with a coffee mug and not with a half burnt candle or something like that. There's times that we think about that's what Christmas is all about, is getting together, exchanging gifts. And, and sing some carols outside that nobody really wants to hear. And we think this is Christmas, but I'm here to point out to us that we don't celebrate Christmas because there's a tree that you can hang up in front of your window and you can put lights on your house. We celebrate his birth because he came to rule. 
think about it for a moment. How how was it that just when when uh, Prince William and Kate come into United States of America, people get excited about the royalty they fought to get away from? Then they get excited. Oh, she's pregnant again with another prince that may not ever see the throne. We get excited because we are excited about rule. We're excited about people with authority, but yet we are not excited, it seems to be, about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who is ruling, who has all power and all authority, not waiting to say, I'm next in line. No, he is the line, and it is with him, and it, guess what? It begins with him, because he is the Alpha and the Omega. Looking at this text, we are familiar with this text. Are you not familiar with this text, right? The, the announcement here. Gabriel comes to Mary. Behold, you are going to have a child. Of course, Mary blushes because she's trying to figure this out. I'm a virgin. I think you got the wrong person. No, no, no. This is going to be a holy child. Over The God will overshadow you and the Holy Spirit will come and he will be born of you and he will be of the lineage of David. And, and yet she needs a sign so that he helps her out. So you know what? Your cousin. She's already six months pregnant. You know, the one I was bearing. Yeah, yeah, she is six months pregnant. I'm going to throw this one in for free. In the Bible, it says that she is with child. Let that meditate for a moment. It says, specifically with a boy. Just want to highlight that. So if the Bible says she has a child already, why are they trying to argue when they becomes a child? Now, I'm moving on. Now, the angel tells her she's going to have a child. She needs help. Your cousin, six months pregnant, she later on goes check it out. But I want to highlight within this text not just the annunciation of the Gabriel, which is amazing, an angel showing up telling her she's going to be with child. Not to talk about how a barren woman becomes with child and his name is John. And he's going to set the way before Jesus. But I want to highlight, look how the angel describes this child. He came to rule. Who is he? I'm glad you asked the question. Do you know who he is? His name is? Jesus, that's right, that's right, that's what the Bible says, it says we will call him Jesus. Do you know what Jesus means? It means Yeshua saves, the Lord saves, Yahweh saves, that's where they get Yeshua, Joshua, then the Greek is Jesus, and Joshua was a common name amongst Hebrew, that's why we know Joshua the great judge, we know a lot of other Joshua's in, in around the world, but yet in the first century, later on, Jesus stopped being named the children, because now when they say Jesus, they don't just think of a common name, oh yeah, he lived down the street. No, they think about he who reigned. Jesus. Because, check it out, it's not the name's difference, the meaning of the name changed, it became who had the name. Y'all catch that. The name still meant the same, the Lord saves. Yahweh saves, he delivers. But once Yahweh showed up in flesh, nobody else could hold that name in the same way. Because Jesus is Lord. And so he came. And look what it says here, that he is going to be great. Now, how, how is it? Not the, now, look closely here in the text. It does not say she's pregnant now. It's telling she's going to have a child. 
And she is being told the life of her soon-to-be child, how he is going to be named Jesus, and he is going to be great. Catch this, catch this. And he, he's telling, Gabriel's telling this to Mary, who has one point, does not have the responsibility of naming the child. Y'all lost. I'm sorry. Let me help you out. In this time, it was the man who decided what the child's name was going to be. But the angel has already declared that regardless of, I'm going to take care of Joseph later. But right now, I'm talking to you. <laughs> and he is going to be Jesus. He is going to be great. And he is going to be of the ancestry, the lineage of David. He's going to sit on David's throne, cast his David's kingdom in. But his kingdom will have no end. And he will be the son of the most high. So what is pointing out to her that she, he is expressing to her that God is already prepared all of this out. Your son, he is going to be great because he's going to be bigger and better than the world could ever understand. He will be like no other. He's going to be great. He's going to be so great. Check about how he's going to be so great. To ask somebody, ask her, how great is he? He can take somebody's small lunch and feed 5,000. Oh, that's great. He could be so great. How great is he? Come on, someone say, how great is he? He is so great that when the storm and the wind is blowing outside, he can go take a walk on the water. He is so great. He is so great that when a mob wants to stone him, he can smooth in and walk on out and they try to find out where he is. He is so great. A man could be dead for three days, buried in a tomb, and he could say, get up, and he come walking out. How great? He is so great that they did nail him on the cross. He did die, but three days later, he got up with all power in his hand. How great is he? Tell your neighbor, look at me, he's great. I can't tell your story, but just tell him, look at me, he's great. We are here because he's great. And so you think about how at the time he's telling her, you're going to have a son. He's going to be great. So not only do you know who Jesus is, do you know his father? He came to rule. So if you take it out, if you want to know your ruler, let's check, let's look at it. Do you know Jesus? He is the Lord save. He is the he is great. And Cassius, do you know his daddy? Because if you don't know his dad, then you don't know who he's the son of. Says he is the son of the most high. It's letting you know that he is just not high. He is the most high. <laughs> Means that nobody is higher than his daddy. He is the son of the most high, the only begotten son. That's why John had to be specific. Some people say, I'm a child of God. I'm glad you're a child of God. But he's the only <laughs> begotten son. <laughs> he is the son of the most high, which shows us that he has access to all power, to the universe. Because Yahweh the Lord himself gave his only begotten son. Mm. And look at, look at, not only did the father give him the sisters out. The father also chose, if you look throughout our Old Testament, the father always chose who the Savior is going to be. When, we, when they messed up in the garden, he let the woman know that from the woman's seed will become this male seed. He let them know how it was going to work out. He, he chose Abraham to be the father of Israel. 
And he let them know, well, Abraham, you're not going to be in the land, but your children will be in the land. But when they get in the land, they're going to fall in some trouble. So they're going to go to Egypt, and they'll be there for 400 years. But after 400 years, then I'll let them come back to the land. At the end of the 400 years, he chose another leader. He chose Moses. Moses was chosen by God. He goes and sets the people free, and there they go into Israel. After Moses died, Joshua took over. After Joshua died, God kept on choosing justice to come in their state. People got upset, saying, no, we don't want to judge anymore. We want a king. He said, all right, God, he chose, he chose just Samuel to go find his king, which was Saul. God chose Saul. Saul wasn't working right. He, re, he, re, he didn't obey God. God rejected Saul. Then, then Saul was rejected and separated from Samuel. Samuel didn't see him again until he died. But God told Samuel, stop weeping over him. He's dead. Go get my next king, which is a little boy that was out in the shepherd field who was left out the party because his big brothers are all handsome, looking cute and ready to go. But they weren't the ones chosen. They had to go out and say, I'm going to wait here, Samuel said, till you're sending the one. Just say, all I got is one little boy out there. They said, that's the one. Bring him here. He came in. God told Samuel, that's the one. The man looks on the outwards. I look at the inwards. Go ahead and anoint him with oil. Then became David to be the king. And David was pretty good at being king, not because he was a great king with great wisdom, but he had a great heart. And because of his great heart, God decided that, hey, hey uh, I'm going to stick with you. And your kingdom will have no end. You will always have someone on the throne. Thank you, Lord. I want to build you a temple. Well, you can't build me a temple, but Solomon can build me a temple. All right, that's good enough for me. Let me get everything that I have so set up for Solomon. Solomon reigns on the throne. These are God's chosen kings, but Solomon has some messed up children. And those children messed up, and when they messed up, there was no more David's seed on the throne. Now they're in times, there's no kings, and they're taken over from Alexander the Great and all those Caesars and all those other rulers, and they're still waiting for David's line to come on the king. Herod's on the throne, but he's not from David's reign, and they don't even like Herod. Herod tried to kill their kids. So they're waiting on God to choose the next one. That's where we get the word Messiah, Christ, God's anointed one. So you want, I want you to grab here to find out that because he is the son of the most high and the most high chooses the kings, why would not the most high choose his son? And they've been waiting for the perfect one to come. Here he is. Son of the most high. Who chooses his king? And he says, I will line it up. That he will be, as I promised David, in the lineage of David. That's when we look in the, the, the genealogy in Matthew. You can see how Joseph is of the lineage of David. So we can see he's the rightful heir to the throne. He is the son of the Most High. And then look what else it says. He will be great. He'll be the son of the Most High. God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. And he will reign. Over Israel. Let me check. I want you to grab the difference here. There was there were some who were the ancestors of David, but they didn't rule. There was one who was and God rejected him. He says, I took my signet ring off. I rejected you. You're no good to me. You are so wicked. I reject you. And yet he says, I will accept you. Mm. He's letting him know that here is the one that I desire. That he will reign over Israel. Some translations say he will reign over Jacob. I want you to grab here that Jacob and Israel are one and the same. They like the Israel name because that's when God changed his name. The Jacob name he got because even in the womb he was tricky. 
he came out grasping at his brother's heel. Oh, he wanted to be first so bad. He was fighting in the mother's womb. And yet, they like the name Israel. Think about it. They don't say, I'm Jacob. No, they say, I'm an Israelite. Jacob means deceiver, means tricky one. Israel has L at the end of going back to God. They like that. Yeah, we are his. And so he says, you will reign over Jacob. Let him know that broken up people like us, he will rule. A kingdom that is broken and under Roman control, he will rule. And his kingdom will not have any. Think about how we hear it all the times in modern stories about kings and monarchies. Old king rule forever. What a great honor to say that to the king. Old rule forever. Now, But that was pretty much hyperbole. I'm sorry to use such a big word, uh, exaggerations. It's another fancy way to say lying. But yet when you use it in that way, they understand you're not lying. You're trying to use the best way you can to point out what it means to somebody. So back again, hyperbole. (laughs) But yet when we say it to our Lord, live forever, it's not hyperbole. It is true. And so that's why every Christmas we celebrate him because it has nothing has changed. We, we celebrate some people's birthdays, but when they're no longer here with us, sometimes we don't celebrate their birthdays. Because sometimes out of sight, out of mind. It's not we forgot about them. It's like, oh, I forgot. You lived in Washington. I forgot today was your birthday. You forget out of sight, out of mind. If they were here, you probably remember because you would have seen them every day. They would give you those hints. You know them subtle hints? Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a birthday dinner. You know, it's two weeks away from your birthday. I'm going to have a birthday dinner. Yeah, yeah. But yet Jesus is always here. He's reigning forever. So we celebrate his birth because his birth established his reign. You understand that he announced his kingdom when he began his ministry. But once he came here, his kingdom was with us. Isaiah says that they will call him Emmanuel means God is with us. There's a special thing about here. Now, catch this, that when in the Middle Eastern and the Near Eastern times, ancient times, that when they went out to war, oftentimes they would try to take something from their gods when they went out to war to represent them. And if they had their God with them, it means that if their God is with them, who can beat them, who can defeat them? And we even see this in how it influenced Israel in the time of Israel. You see this in, in, in Samuel, in the time of Israel, that uh, Samuel's sons, or, 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 uh, I'm sorry, not Samuel, but Eli's sons, they were Phineas and Igor. They were some, some messed up people, Phineas and uh, I can't remember his other son's name. They were some messed up folks. They decided to take the ark and take it out before them, and God let them get their buzz whooped. Now, Eli is sitting down on his chair, and, and he hears about his sons die. He knew this was going to happen. But when they told him the ark has been taken, that's when he fell back and died. It wasn't that he lost his sons. He was concerned. He realized, oh, no, we really messed up. Because the ark represented God and his presence. And so if the ark is gone, then God's no longer going to visit the temple. They, they had this mentality that if God was in the mountain in the temple, we were okay. But yet it was gone. God is gone, but here's what I'll, God let them know, that I'm not with the ark. I am God. 
He let them know, y'all messed up not doing things the right way. Just going to use me as a tricky, use me as an emblem thing. You can carry me around, point this all out. That they had this ideology that if we carry this with us, God is going to be with us. But we have something greater than that. Jesus says, I am here and I am with you. Cassius, Cassius, even when he was dead, physical body gone, he came back to a resurrected body and told the disciples, and lo, I will be with you always until the ends of the earth. How is that, God? Because I reign forever. That's why we like to, he reigns forever and evermore. So do you know your ruler? Do you know him as Jesus? Do you know him as the Lord saves? Do you know that he is great? Do you know that he is the son of the most high? He's of the ancestry, the father lineage of David. And then look what else it says. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. I drop down to where? To verse 37. For nothing is impossible for God. Or another way, nothing is too hard for God. God said this to Abraham, Sarah laughing in the tent. Is anything too hard for God? So if you know him as your ruler, then are you living as he is your ruler? So my questions are to you. I'm almost done. Let's ask some questions for you to do the application for yourself. Do you know his word? Because if he's your ruler, then you need to know his word. You understand that if you get a driver's license, you got to know the laws of the road. You cannot go driving if you don't know the laws. Or they will not issue a license. But your cast says he will make you ruler, but he's already gave you his word. Do you know his word? If you know his word, then you know him as ruler, and then you're going to know some awesome things. Do you know how to surrender to his spirit? He says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Do not be alarmed when I say you must be Born again. And when he says born again, he means born of the spirit. Look closely here. What happened to Mary? He was not born of flesh. He was born of spirit. And tell your neighbor, Jesus wants me to be like him. And you can't do it on your own, but he's come so that you might be born of the spirit. So if you know his word, then you know his spirit. Then if you know those two things, the second thing, you must know how to surrender. Look what Mary responded. Okay, I'm your servant. Do what you say. All this stuff was over her head. How is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? I'm betrothed. I haven't even been living with him yet. I'm here by myself. I'm going to be married and won't have a child. I haven't seen him yet. I don't even know what marriage looked like yet. And you're going to tell me all this stuff? Whatever you say, I'm your servant. Some of us need to go ahead and make sure that we understand, Lord, I will blindly obey you. I said blindly obey. Sometimes we want too much information before we do what God's already asked you to do. Just go. Go ahead and do it. Sometimes we always want to ask why. Stop asking why. Just do it. And let me throw this out for free. Some of you are asking why because you don't know how. That's why somebody else had to come and tell you what to do because you don't know what's going on. So when they come by and ask you to do something, don't ask why. Just get it done. You're going to find out why. 
Some of y'all not clapping. That's all right. Y'all, y'all dealing with some issues. That's all right. God's going to de- get with you to help you to under how to surrender and how to submit and find out that things going to work out better than how you try to plan them out. Because I heard it a long time before you heard the same thing. You want to make God laugh, give him your plans. But when God got a plan for you, it sometimes won't make sense. But is anything too hard for God? It's Christmas time. Some of you might remember when you got that Rubik's Cube, you couldn't put it together. It was too hard for you. But you knew you found out you could break it apart and put the pieces back together and tell your friends, look what I did. It was too hard for you. You found a way to make it work out on your own way, but it wasn't the right way. So they asked you to do it again. You can't do it again. But let me tell you about when you trust in God, things will show up difficult more than once. But yet you can look up at God and say, do it again. Because <laughs> if he's done it before, guess what? He can do it again. So when you know your rule and you serve and you will be able to experience this as Mary, the impossible. So when you surrender to him. To be his servant, I want you to highlight this in your life and think about this. What's it difficult in your life? Let's think about that. The things that are difficult in your life are the things you have no control over. Check this out. Check it out. Those who are married, what's difficult in your life is staying married. Because you do the best you can to take care of your spouse, but you don't know. One day they might decide, today's that day. I had enough. I heard many people say the secret of staying together that at the same time both didn't want a divorce. <laughs> you better pray to God that that's the same way, right? That it's not the same day. <laughs> I'm done. Me too. So you, you understand that I have no control. So Lord, the only way to keep together, I got to stay in prayer and trust the Lord that he's going to work it out. Same thing with children. You, you, you are concerned about your children. You have no control. You could tell them everything inside the house. You could whip them till they're black and blue. But once they leave your sight, it don't matter them whippers. It don't matter the yelling. It don't matter the grinding. You have no control over a bullet. You have no control over a person coming by and beating them down or calling them outside their name. But yet here's one thing who has control. His name is Jesus. So what I want to point out how you can experience the impossible. What was impossible might be how did I keep my marriage together? How do my children keep on coming home every time they walk home? Every time you wake up your wife, your husband's right there in your bed. You can say, thank you, Jesus. It's so to have been you because you've been working out. Now, here's another thing that we're dealing with the impossible because we have no control over our health. You can buy all the medicine, have it all up to date, have it in your medicine cabinet. But wake up in that bed, can't move. What good is that medicine in that medicine cabinet? You can't get to it. We have cancer cells in our body. You haven't been diagnosed with cancer because they haven't discovered it yet, but it's there. Sometimes they get it early, sometimes they get it too late, but it's there. But God. Mm-hmm. We know the woman that issued blood, right? 
12 years. Money spent on anything and everything. Modern day technology, the Bible is written today, it said that she, she called up Dr. Phil, she went on Dr. Oz, she sat down with Oprah, she did all that stuff. Tried all the new experimental drugs. Nothing worked. But she saw Jesus and said, if I can just touch the hymn of his God. What I'm trying to point out, that when Jesus is in the midst and we're serving him, what was impossible becomes possible because nothing's too hard for God. Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. On your way home, you ought to testify. You ought to shout out and say, I know he's able. I know he's ruler. And he reigns forever. His kingdom has no end. And he can just touch me and I'll be made whole. He can change me and I'll be better than I ever was before. Is he good? Is he good? Don't fool me now. If you know does he know that he's good? Say yeah! Say yeah! Say yeah! How the song say, I'm looking for a miracle. I expect the impossible. <laughs> I see the invisible. <laughs> I feel the intangible. I'm looking for a miracle. Just look around. You, you can see some miracles right here. Look around you. Ooh. Test, 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 test somebody around you. Test somebody around you. Test somebody around you. Hey, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Nothing changed, did it? But check it out. But when Jesus... Anybody, Jesus, been t- you've been touched, and he made you whole. Hallelujah. Lord, we come. We thank you that you came. We thank you that you came to rule, that you came into chaos and you set order. You came to bring forth your kingdom that has love, joy, peace. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, that we have no control, but you have control. Nothing's too hard for you. We surrender our children to you. We surrender our spouse to you. We surrender our finances to you. We surrender our house to you. We surrender our job to you. Father, we are your servants. Have your way. Oh, Father, we cannot do it, but you can. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, there might be someone here today that does not know Jesus as their Lord and say, Lord, I pray today they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and they surrender to your word and serve you. Oh, hallelujah, oh God. And Lord, if they need a church home, we pray that you are blessed them to join this place. Lord, if not this place, we pray that you will send them to a place where they can grow and disciple and learn how great you are in their own personal life. Oh, Father, have your way, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. May we stand. May we stand our hand at the side.